It's going to be such an amazing party and celebration of the presence of God and the power of God. Just incredible breakthrough. Um, grab a seat and then we'll get into it. Thanks, guys. Um, uh, uh, Christine and I are believing still for some big breakthroughs in the next kind of 40 days, but we've seen some amazing things. I've shared this in some places. It's... Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, God put in my heart, like, oh, I'd really like to go to visit Equippers in Switzerland, um, kind of as you do. Well, that's a quite a nice thought. And, but I didn't even really pray about it. And then a couple of days later, I got an email from Dan Zeltner, the pastor, going, oh, we want to invite you to Switzerland next year. I was like, how about that? I didn't even really pray about it. I just got, <laughs> just got invited, like, whoa. And then last Monday, global prayer meeting, you know, Queen's birthday weekend, it's a bit of a, like, yeah, it's holiday, but I'm going to go, go in there, we pray away, I walk out, there's another email from Dan Zeltner, he's like, actually, we want to get you across twice next year, could you come, man? I was like, double blessing, like double portion, like, how good is this? I don't know about you, but my faith is going out, like, there is going to be significant breakthrough. Now, we're building towards this thing of shouting and just a, and a final night of breakthrough, and God is going to do some incredible things. And so, um, you, uh, yeah, I guess for me, it's like we're actually building something in the Spirit. Something is, is being constructed, is being put together that's going to take on more and more reality. It's not just hope. It's like, man, we're part of something. And so uh, tonight, I'm, how many people were here this morning? Not too many, that's good. Um, so I, I shared a message this morning. I want to kind of go over a, a bit to get us all up to speed, and then I want to unpack kind of the middle bit a bit more around. We've been looking at the series, The Church I See, and it's an, it been incredibly inspiring because I think it's so easy to kind of just get into a bit of a routine. Yeah, we come to church, check the text. Is it at here or town hall or here? Or, okay, I turn up, there's song, da-da-da. But, but somehow to go... No, bang, just crack this thing open. Oh my goodness, this is what it's about. This is where we're going with. This is what we're headed towards. And so uh, this morning I started talking about one dimension uh, of the church that I see. Uh, and, and, it, and it's kind of, rather than looking forward to something, it's looking right back kind of to where this thing started and go, what is this thing supposed to be about, this thing that we now call church? And so if you were here, we looked at this passage. I've managed to fix the, the mistake that was here. It's Genesis chapter 28, the story of Jacob. So Jacob, he just, he's on a trip, nothing particularly special. When he reached a certain place, like deliberately, like he didn't even have a name. It's not that important. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head, lay down and went to sleep. Pretty ordinary. And then this happens. He had a dream. This is not dream because he had too much pizza or whatever. This is like, this is a spiritual dream. This is a supernatural occurrence that happens in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching in heaven and the angels of God are ascending and descending. He's like, I've been living my life here just doing my business and suddenly something opens up and there's a connection between earth and another reality, this other dimension, this other place where God reigns. And suddenly there's like, this thing has just opened up. 
and there's traffic going back and forth. There are angels going back and forth between where I am and heaven. There's stuff happening. Something just opened up in this unexpected place, and it's like the angels are busy, like there's needs and stuff on here are being carried up to the throne of God, and there's answers being carried down. It's like, I thought I was just taking a snooze, and suddenly I'm in the place where heaven is open, and business is happening, and stuff is happening. I just thought I came to this convention center, and they sing a few songs and have a message. Suddenly, heaven opened. Suddenly, stuff was happening. Suddenly, things were going to heaven and answers were coming back. Who knew that that was what we were doing here? But this is what happens to him. And and it's easy to kind of, you could get all focused on that, but that's just like the entree to the thing. That's not the main course because he lifts his head up uh, beyond that. And there above it stood the Lord. Ah, I thought it was exciting enough, there's angels going back and forth and angels doing stuff, but actually, above all that, there's God. I thought I was just having a snooze. Suddenly, I'm standing in front of God, and God speaks, and he just declares something about who he is. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. It's like, I just thought I was having a little nana nap. And now I'm standing before the throne of God and he's speaking to me and he's declaring who he is and I'm, and I'm finding myself in this place where I'm responding to God. Again, I thought I was just coming along to sing a few songs and hear a nice inspirational message. Suddenly I'm standing before the creator of the universe and he's speaking to me and I'm, and I'm, and I'm having to respond to him and it's like, Oh, this is not what, this is what it is supposed to be about. This is the church that I see. All of this stuff, the technology, the life, it's just, it's just the bells and whistles. It's not actually the thing. The thing is when heaven opens and I, and supernatural starts, and I find myself before the presence of God. And that's what we're doing here. And then uh, this is kind of the center point. It kind of goes on from there because then God starts speaking to him about his destiny and his purpose. And it's like heaven had opened. Angels are going back and forth. I counter God. And then God starts downloading dreams and visions and prophetic destiny. And it's like, I thought I was just going to come away with 10 tips how to have a successful marriage. Instead, God's speaking to me about my purpose and eternal value. It's like, who knew? Like, this is the church that I see that that's what we're doing. And then not only destiny and purpose, but then encouragement. God's saying to him, I'm with you. I'm going to watch over you wherever you go. I'm going to bring you back. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised. And it's like... Again, I thought I just came to a kind of this public meeting. Instead, it's like, bang, heaven got ripped open. Angels are doing all this stuff. I just, God was there and he spoke to me and he did all this. And then he kind of wrapped his arms around me and gave me a big hug and encouraged me. And I walk out of here going, what was that? Well, that was church. That's the church that I see. People come in here and they find heaven being kind of torn open and they have this encounter with the supernatural and they go away like, man, something got put into me that, that is of divine origin, supernatural encouragement. Um, you know, and so when he wakes up, I love this. He's like, surely the Lord is in this place. I was saying this morning, that's kind of old-fashioned way of going, OMG, like, ah. Oh. I thought I was taking a nana nap and I found myself in the presence of God. God's here. 
And I wasn't even aware of it. And I love this. He was afraid, meaning this kind of awesome uh, sense of fear. And he says this, how awesome is this place? What is the church? I see people walk out at the end of a service and go, OMG, how awesome is Equippers? Because God's there. God turned up. God spoke to me. God arrived. God shook. Heaven was torn open and God came down. That's the church that I see. And then he, then he makes this final thing. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. You know, and when he wakes up, he makes a little kind of altar thing there. In verse 19, he says, he called the place Bethel, which just means this was the house of God. This is God's place where God lives and God dwells and people meet God. And I, it's saying this, this two little line of things, this is the house of God, this is the gate to heaven. And it's like, this is the house of God. What does that mean? In Jewish writing, they often rhyme an idea. And, and it's the second one that already got mentioned is this. It's like, what does it mean to be the house of God? This is the gateway to heaven. I thought I just came to a convention center and suddenly I find something was ripped open in the kind of reality and I found myself it, it through this gate into this other reality of heaven. There's angels doing stuff. There's the presence of God there. There's prophetic download. People are getting healed around me. People are receiving visions about their life. Uh, people are being set free from stuff. It's just like, oh my goodness, what is this place? How awesome is it to be in a place like this? Surely this is the house of God. This is a gateway to heaven. And I, I, I felt like this sounds a bit weird, but so what's the church that I see? It's a portal to heaven. Yeah. I don't know if that's about, yeah, that went a bit quiet then. That's the reaction I expected this morning. I asked my wife about it. It's like, what does portal mean? It kind of sounds very sci-fi eh, when you kind of step through this portal to another universe dimension or, or kind of what gaming or new age kind of spirituality. It just means a gateway. I don't know about you, but the church I see, we do, we have little hosting teams and nice red shirts, we have sound, we have products, we have, that is all just a framework to step through a gateway into another dimension, another, to encounter heaven, to encounter the supernatural, to kind of feel in the midst of the singing, I thought we were just singing songs and suddenly I'm feeling like God's here and stuff is breaking out all around me. I don't know about you, but that's the church that I see. Um, saying churches, churches actually not really rocket science. It's pretty simple. It's kind of three things. There's an upward function, an inward function, and an outward function. There's basically uh, a machine. There's worship, community, and mission. That everything we do is kind of one of those things, really. And but I don't know. For for me. I'm, I'm passionate about mission. I'm, a, I'm excited to be part of a church that sings churches planted all around the world, doing social kind of good and stuff with schools in Tonga and working with the poor and India and so on. That's amazing. But bottom line, there's a whole lot of really good service organizations out there. So it, it's great, but it's not enough. And again, we're part of community and where there's incredible relationships and family. But again, there's lots, of there's lots of great support groups and therapy groups out there. The thing that makes church different is this. When we step in, heaven gets torn open. And we encounter God. 
And that's what propels us into relationship and propels us into mission. But unless, unless, unless church is a portal to heaven and opening into an encounter with the supernatural, we might as well just go and join some other group of do-gooders. Because we want heaven breaking into our midst. The church that I see is a portal to heaven. Today, in this room, this is a portal to heaven. Everything that we've done creates an environment that opens us to encounter with the divine. This is the house of God. What does that mean? This is a gateway to heaven. Man, I need heaven's answers to my issues. I need heaven's solutions to my problem. I need heaven's resources to my lack. I need heaven to come. I need something to be torn open and for heaven to come down and break into my world. I, I need to be part of a church where the gate is opened and we access heaven. I don't know about you, but that's what I... And so that when they, they went on in the Old Testament, they developed this tabernacle like a tent and then a temple, and they called it different things, but they called it, you know, the house of the Lord your God. Other times they called it his dwelling place because it's where God was. And, and his dwelling place was lovely. But uh, interesting, they called it, you know, the tent of meeting. This is, if this is the house of God, that means this is the place God lives. If you come to my house, that's because that's I live there. Hopefully you come to see me, and if you come there, you've come because we're going to meet. That's, like, that's why we do church. This is the house of God. He dwells where we come together, and we come here not to learn about Him, but to meet with Him, to have an encounter with Him that transforms us. This is a ga the gate, the front door gets open to heaven, and we're ushered into His home, and He's sitting there ready to meet with us. That's the church that I see. You know, the thing about Jesus, he always messes everything up. So they had it all kind of down pat in the Old Testament. There's this building, that's a special place. If you want to meet God, you go to the building. And then Jesus comes along and he teaches this. And it's the similar kind of language to the language of Jacob, but because it talks about, you know, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's talking about, here's this traffic going back and forth between heaven and earth. Stuff being said here, that shifting stuff up there, and in turn that stuff comes back and shifts stuff down here. Stuff that's been locked up in your life, that in an environment where the gates open, people speak something and unlock it in your life, and heaven drops in and backs it up and rips it off your life, and you walk out free. Stuff that shouldn't be in your life, that people pray off you and heaven comes in and backs it up and says, they don't have to walk out of here carrying that. We're going to tie that up and take it off them. That's the environment. And, and down the bottom, again, like Jacob's vision, because there I am. It's not just this traffic of heaven. It's the presence of God. But here's the radical thing that Jesus did. He didn't say, oh, go to this particular place, this particular building. He did this really crazy thing. Two of you agree, for where two or three of you gather in my name. It's like... Oh my goodness, suddenly the house of God is not a physical location, it's the gathering of the people of God. That's why we can, that's why we can have a portal to heaven 
in an Eden Park stadium. That's why we can have a portal to heaven next to a casino. That's why we can have a portal to heaven in a hotel conference room because it's no longer a special sacred place. The portal of heaven happens because you are there. And when we gather together, heaven gets open, supernatural stuff starts happening, God makes his presence felt, and people go away changed. The church that I see can go anywhere and open a gateway to heaven. Because that's the business that we're in. Uh, and so the thing that I want to do is unpack a bit more. I said this morning, because of this, this there's some tensions that get set up. And what I mean by that is... Um, in theology, often truth is about holding two different truths in tension. It's not either or, it's both and. And it's like, yeah, but which one's right? Well, no, you've got to hold both of them as right. If you let go of one, you're going to lose something. And, and so as we think about the church as the gateway to heaven, as the portal to heaven, there's three tensions that I want to suggest that we need to hold, and I want to explain them, and then I want to land on where I think the challenge for us is on these tensions. So the first one is this, the temple as individual versus the temple as collective. So Jesus says, now the presence, the house of God is no longer about physical buildings, it's about people. And so he, Paul makes this amazing claim building off this, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Where can I find God? He's with you. You don't have to go to any special person. You don't have to go on a pilgrimage to India. You don't have to go on a pilgrimage to the Vatican or anywhere else or Bethel. You don't have to go anywhere where God is because where's God? He's with you. If you'll just kind of take a deep breath, slow down, you'll find God is there. You'll find heaven dropping into you. You'll find God speaking to you. You are the temple of God. You are the portal to heaven. You can be watering the garden, taking a shower, walking on the beach, sitting on the toilet, and suddenly heaven opens. Because you are the gateway to heaven. And it's like, oh my goodness, that is amazing. That's incredibly liberating for many of us. But then three chapters earlier, my machine works, he says this, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, it's, about, it's ambiguous in English, and um, it's God's spirit dwells in your midst, but down the bottom, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, God's temple is sacred. You together are that temple. Here he's like, together we become the house of God, together as a group, collectively. You go, hold on, Paul, you just said, I'm a temple, now you're saying together we're the temple, which one's true? He's like, both, both, you've got to hold together both. You are the presence of God, you are the house of God, you are the location of a portal to heaven where the heavens can be parted and God can encounter, but also, on the other hand, when we gather together, something happens and collectively we're the people of God. And to be honest, Paul in the Bible puts more emphasis on this side. In him too, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. First Peter 2, as you come to him, the living stone, uh, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. I believe leading into shout, God is building something ready to host 
an incredible visitation of God's presence and power. God is building that thing amongst us collectively. And I believe tonight, some of us are going to realize and we're going to step up and take our place in this collective thing that God is doing. Because, yeah, I'm a temple of God, but together God is building something. And so, and it's like, oh, so I've got to hold these two. If I swing too far towards the individual, I lose the sense of God's doing something collective. If I swing towards that, I lose the sense, yeah, but no, I'm the person. Which one is right? Both. And it's important to hold both together, which leads to the second one. The church is community versus the church's event. These days, it's real common to go, hey, church is not just Sundays. You know, church is more than Sundays. Church is what we're doing all during the week. Um, you know, you can't attend church. You are the church. Or, you know, there's these clever quotes by pastors. Someone says, oh, someone asked me, where is your church? And he said, let me check. Monday morning, 9 o'clock. Some of them are teaching in classes. Some of them are nurses and hospitals. Some are, and it's like, that, I shouldn't have mocked that. That is incredible truth. That is, that is truth. That is absolute truth. Half the truth. But it's truth. The church is, is, a, is a community. And, and we are the church, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. But the other side is the church as events. And, and it's like, you know, when you look in the Bible, where two or three gather Something happens supernaturally in the gathering. Things are bound and loose. Jesus is present. Yeah, but isn't Jesus everywhere? Yeah, and isn't he present? Yeah, I know. I don't know how to figure it out. I just know what he said. I am the temple of God, but when we gather together, he's present. And not some mystical union, actually sitting together in the same room. Jesus is present. You know, uh, Hebrews was written in a time when the church was being persecuted and there's advice, you know, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. He who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, if he only held one side of these tensions, he'd go, man, it's a tough time. We all know it's tough. It's honestly, it's just too dangerous to meet together. So you all know that you are the location of the presence of God. So I just really want to encourage you to set aside some time in your home and just really connect with God. And You know, we're part of this church, whether just across the city and we have this spiritual union. So I just want you to, because re- it's just too dangerous to me, I just want you to focus on it. He's like, don't give up meeting. Don't give up meeting because something happens in the event of gathering. Something happens when you put some people together in a room that heaven opens, that Jesus is present, that stuff shifts in people's lives. Um, I, I didn't do this this morning, but just a couple, three times, he actually talks about, you know, the church that meets at their house. The church, it's not just this mystical thing. It actually meets somewhere. People drive, well, they didn't drive there. They walked there. They sat down in a chair in the same room. They gathered, and God turned up. You can't have this kind of spirit, just church. No, no, church gathers, church meets. And something happens when we do that. Um, the, the Greek word for a church is ekle- ekklesia, which comes from two Greek words to be called out. 
And again, people get all mystical. Oh, that means we're called out from the life of the world and we're called to be this thing. It's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's like at work when the boss calls a meeting. Hey, just leave what you're doing and come and gather for the meeting. It's the assembly of the citizens of the kingdom. It's the point when we actually gather together for a meeting with the boss to get the download of instructions, hear about that stuff that's coming, get encouraged. To be called out is to be called to gather together, assemble, and do the business of heaven. It's like, oh yeah, I actually have to gather. Because God does something when we gather. You know, the similar thing is, there's this great line, it's how every Olympic Games finishes. So this is from the Rio ones. I declare the games of the 31st Olympiad closed. In accordance with tradition, I call upon the youth of the world to assemble in four years. That's what church is. God says, I call you to assemble as my people. And I'll part the heavens and I'll visit you and stuff will happen. Come on, do you hear the call to assemble? to meet together knowing God will visit you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a connection with God by myself. I can meet with him anywhere, anytime. But something happens when I kind of take my place in the assembly of God's people. And God starts to give direction and speak words and something starts shifting. You know, for us at Equippers, there's, there's at least kind of three calls to assemble. We, we assemble during the week in small groups of, like Jesus said, two or three. It's not a little support group. It's an assembly where Jesus is present and stuff shifts. And it's like, I hear the call to assemble even twos or threes. But we also assemble on Sundays. I was, uh, you know, it's interesting culturally, uh, for a lot of like middle-class Kiwis, almost their time is more precious than their money. To me, I would rather pay someone to do a job at my house than give up hours to try and do it. My time is more precious. And so I reckon one of the challenges culturally is this. I I know there's a challenge around generosity with money, but I reckon, I was thinking about this, you know, Sundays is the first day of the week that that it's like tithing, I give the first portion of my income, but like actually that I would give the first portion of my week to assemble as one of the citizens of the king to have an encounter with him, to get a download from him, to get my instructions for the week, then I go and live it out. But I reckon today there's a, we t- it's kind of like, oh, no, I can meet Jesus anywhere, and I feel closer to Jesus walking on the beach or on the mountain. It's like, no, 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 we need, I need to give him the best and hear the call to assemble because that's what's going to shift our world. That's what's going to shift something in the city. That's what's going to rock something in our communities because we've had an assembly where heaven got open and God came down and some traffic went back and forth between heaven and earth and something happened. Um, you know, the part of that, the third one is shout. Again, it's like, oh, it's a conference. We all, people go to work conferences. It's a festival. People go to mu- music festivals. No, no, it's something more. It's a call to assemble at a whole new level. When Equippers family from all around the nation and all around the world hear this call to gather together at one point in one moment, can you imagine what goes down there, the transactions of heaven, the presence of God? We go there not for not to kind of listen to some nice speakers and do some networking. We go there for an encounter. We go there for heaven to be ripped open and a download from God that shifts something, not just in my life, not just in this church, but across a whole movement. Come on, I'm so excited for shouts. 
because it's an assembly where the heavens are going to be ripped open and God is going to come down and things are going to shift. And so, you know, in the Old Testament, again, three times a year, they had to walk to Jerusalem to do this. It's like celebrate a festival. This three times a year, appear before me. He's like, gather, assemble, do the thing of actually physically coming together in one place because something happens in that kind of environment. And so I want to challenge you to think about this. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm connected with God. I feel close to him looking at the sunset and watching the dolphins and all that kind of stuff. But, but there's an, a call to assemble. And again, I want to challenge you. If we're going to shift something in our schools, in our workplaces, in our cities, in our nation, we need to stretch on this side of the truth. Because otherwise we'll become a weak church because we've neglected the call to assemble and what happens there, which kind of leads from the second one, church's community versus church's event, to the final one, worship as a moment versus worship as a whole of life. And again, it's real trendy and cool to say, you know, worship is not about singing songs. Worship is about giving the whole of your life to God. And, um, you know, in Psalm 132, and it talks about his dwelling place. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. You know, the, the beginning of that encounter with Jacob, angels are going back and forth. The end of the encounter, there's prophetic words and encouragement. At the middle, there's encounter with God, where people respond and worship. You know, and, and Paul unpacks this, Romans, about, you know, what does that mean? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. The message translation, here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God. Like that's your, that's totally true. Worship is, worship is what you do with your everyday life, Monday to Saturday. But you do that because there's been a moment when you've stood before God and you've seen how amazing and awesome and beautiful it is, and you've said, God, I give you my whole life. And then I wake up on Monday morning and go, what does that mean today? But it's, again, it's a both and truth. Worship as a moment of finding myself before God and worship as a lifestyle that I live out every day of the week. And, um, you know, and a commentary on the book of Revelation, the word worship in Greek originally involved the idea of prostrating oneself before the deity to kiss their feet or the hem of his garment. Worship is not just worship. The outflow of worship is like try and be a good husband and dad and an employer and employee and neighbor and all that. But the, but the bedrock of worship is a moment when I find myself standing before God and I'm overwhelmed by him and I just fall down in front of him and I g just kind of kiss the hem of his garment. And there, there's this moment of just absolute devotion, absolute awe, absolute love, absolute surrender. There's a moment of worship. That flows into a lifestyle of worship. Let us go to his dwelling place. Why? That we might worship at his footstool. I just want to bow before him and tell him how awesome he is. Tell him how beautiful he is. Tell him how much I love him. Tell him how wonderful he's been. You know, uh, I think I might skip this out. I want to, these tensions... It kind of falls, Pastor Sam was talking to me this morning, it kind of falls into a pattern, actually. Because 
If you've grown up in a traditional religious environment, you're used to religion as, oh, this collective institution. And, and you go to the Sunday, you go to church on Sunday, and you participate in a ritual. And it's like you're used to that side of the tensions. And so it's incredibly liberating when you go, hey, you don't need to go, be part of an institution. You're a child of God. You're connected to God can speak to you anywhere, anytime. And suddenly you come free from this bondage to an institution. And it's like, and, and it's not about just turning up on Sunday. You're part of a family and you're part of a you're part of this thing. It's like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. And worship is not just going through a ritual. It's the whole of my life, and it's about being a mum or a dad or an employer. It's like, this is amazing. This is incredible. But what I want to, I hope this is all right. This is a bit of a crude way of stating it. But it's from a theologian, Martin Luther. It's the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. He said Christian life is often like this. It's like a drunk man trying to get onto a horse. You kind of climb on one side and fall off this side, and so then you climb back on this side to get on and you fall off this side. And it's like, you just need to get some balance in the middle if you want to ride this thing. And the danger is that because we've been so far over this side, we flip-flop over to this side in reaction and we, and we lose the truth over there. I've been around theological training for long enough. We often, when I was in Christchurch, I used to, we used to kind of half joke, half bemoan with my colleagues like, man, the issues that we pushed on 20 years ago, now everyone's so full of that, we need, we're kind of pushing back on the things that we didn't used to like. And it's like, I could preach a great message today. You are the location of the presence of God. You can encounter God anywhere, anytime. You're a sacred creation of God and he wants to encounter you you don't have to go to anyone anywhere to meet God and and you are connected with this global movement in fact through all time and history of the people of God you're part of that thing and your whole life is an offering to God and I don't there is absolutely no stretch on that for you and I I think unless you're still stuck in a really conservative what I've found in my personal journey, I have to put myself on the place where there's the stretch. And I reckon today the stretch is back to these ones. The stretch. Any of us know that we'll meet God walking on the beach or looking at the stars or watching the whales. The stretch is something is going to happen when we gather together on a Sunday morning. Something is going to happen when I take a week off from work and we assemble at the Spark Arena. Something is going to, heaven is going to open. God is going to visit us. Things are going to shift in people's lives. Something is going to move. And I reckon there's a recovery of that. And likewise, yeah, we're a community. We're doing all sorts of great things. But hey, yeah, not church is not all about Sundays, but there's something in the assembly where there's an event where heaven opens, God comes down, things shift in people's lives. And it's like, I need to make a commitment to be part of this assembly because God will break open some things in other people's lives. If I'm part of this, people will get set free when they walk in this environment. And finally, yeah, that worship, yeah, my whole of my life is worship, but I need to create this environment and this assembly, the high point is actually not what the angels are doing. The high point is even not the prophetic words and the encouragement. The high point is the moment of encounter with God where I worship him.
where I worship him. Come on, where I worship him. I reckon that's where the stretch. Can I tell you one of the secrets of uh, my Christian life is I've never put myself in a place where I feel totally comfortable with what's being taught. I've put myself in an environment where I feel a stretch, where it challenges me and it provokes me. And it's like, I'm really comfortable on this side of that. The stretch is on this side. Can I get the musicians up and, and can I invite you to stand? What's church? What's the church that I see? It's the house of God. What does that mean? It's a gateway to heaven. It's a gateway to heaven. The church is a portal to heaven. I don't know how you engage with God. Just close your eyes or raise a hand or two or something. For a minute, I want you to allow God to rip open the heavens. And I, and I feel, again, it's not about the angels, it's about an encounter with God. But I have the sense that there's all these kind of staunch angels around here who are looking for some people who go, do you know what? I'm up for this to be built into something. The house of God, where God visits. And people's like, I'm up to, as that passage said, where you're a living, you're being built into a house. I reckon tonight God is looking for some people who go, yeah, I'm going to take my place in the spiritual house that God is building. And I reckon you'll be resonating with the sound of heaven when you do that. And it's a sound that culturally has been lost because we've gone so far the individualistic kind of side of it to recover not in an institutional sense, but in a spiritual sense. I'm going to take my place in building a spiritual house where God dwells. People are going to walk through the door and angels are going to be back and forth ripping bad stuff off their life, dropping good stuff into their life. Healings are going to be happening. Deliverance are going to be happening. Prophetic words are going to be happening. And above all that, they're going to find themselves encountering God. And I reckon what God's looking for in this moment is some people who something strong rises up in you and go, I'm up for this. I'm ready to take my place because we're going to build something that is going to rock our world, that is going to shift our city, that is going to move something supernaturally. And in the next month, we're going to build a spiritual house. Shout is not about hiring a big facility and having light. Shout is about an assembly of people who walk in there going, we occupy this place as the spiritual people of God. We declare that this is going to be a portal of heaven. We declare that miracles are going to take place. We declare that God is going to be in the middle. We declare breakthrough is going to happen in this place. Come on, I want us to worship now. and I want you to in your own spirit be saying, I'm going to step up, God, and take my place in this. I'm ready to build a house of God. I'm ready to do this for the sake of my city, for the sake of my world. God, let's worship God.